For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. It's a story that spans 8,000 acres of Blue Ridge Mountain beauty bathed in shades of orange and crimson. Fall won't last forever. Savor it while you can at Biltmore. Plan your visit at Biltmore.com. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Adventures in Prophecy with Jared Lasky. Today is going to be a great episode. I hope that you are excited for what God has in store. This is the week of Pentecost 2020, and I'm excited for what the Holy Spirit has in store for each and every one of us. I'm expecting for more lives to be changed and transformed for the glory of God here this week. I've been seeing people receive the baptism with a wonderful Holy Spirit uh, through different broadcasts. It's been amazing what God is doing in this season. And I'm excited for what is in store for each and every one of you right now. This is Adventures in Prophecy episode 14. I want to encourage you to subscribe to my podcast, Adventures in the Spirit on the Charisma Podcast Network that's available on anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. You're going to be edified, encouraged, equipped, and empowered through that podcast and even through this program, Adventures in Prophecy. But I have a free resource available for you on the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's available on charismacourses.com. That's I'm believing for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit on during this season. I've already had some positive reports of people have gone through the course and received the Holy Spirit. But I've got one more resource for you. I'm going to play that right now before I introduce the incredible guests on today's program. You want to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Do you want signs and wonders to take place through you? Do you want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover or people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you looking for a game-changing move of God? I believe that it begins with our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm developing the Fellowship of the Holy Spirit e-course I know will equip you and empower you to walk in the love and grace and power of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, know Him better. I believe that this e-course will equip you and empower you to walk in the power of God and it will benefit your church community, it will bless you and your small group. I am Jared Lasky of Fireborn Ministries. And that was the Fellowship of the Holy Spirit e-course. Feel free to purchase that. But it is an honor and a pleasure to be introducing to you today on Adventures in Prophecy, Dr. Bill Hammond and Elizabeth Time Fook. Dr. Bill Hammond is the founder of Christian International Ministries, which is a premier prophetic ministry for over 45 years. He's a prophet for the last 60 years. He's prophesied to more than 50,000 people. I believe it's way more than that. And he's provided training for over 250,000 people in prophetic ministry. He's authored seven major books specializing in the restoration of the church and what to expect next on God's agenda. Dr. Hammond is respected by church leaders around the world as a senior leader of the prophetic and apostolic company that God is raising up in these last days. And Elizabeth Time Fook is the founder of International Young Prophets. It's an apostolic ministry that is called to serve the office of the next generation prophet. She believes that God is raising up a company of young prophets to impact the nations of the world with a voice of God. Elizabeth graduated from Brownsville Revival School of Ministry in Pensacola, Florida, with a heart to serve the nations. She's part of the global team for Women on the Front Lines, a ministry led by Patricia King. She's also the next-gen ambassador for International Coalition of Prophetic Leaders and is ordained by Christian International under the leadership of Tom and Jane Hammond. 
Welcome to Bishop Hammond and Elizabeth Time Fook to Adventures in Prophecy. Good to be with you, Jared. By the way, you're talking about the Holy Spirit there in Pentecost. I wrote the book on 70 reasons for speaking in tongues. Anybody that received the gift of the Holy Spirit or want to receive it really needs to get that book. It's going around the world, but it's actually 70 reasons for speaking in tongues. Most people that speak in tongues can't give you seven reasons for speaking in tongues. But this really gives you 15 biblical proof reasons, and then the rest of them is personal benefit and ministry benefit that you get from speaking in tongues. It's it's a million-dollar gift, and most people are just writing five and ten-dollar checks on it now and then. I love it. I actually have that book, and it's impacted my life, and it's in in the next room over. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to have the both of you here on Adventures in Prophecy. And we're talking about the importance of the company of prophets. But first, I'd like to know how you were called into prophetic ministry. Well, I was uh, received my first prophecy in 1952 uh, and from a prophet. I had been going to the Assembly of God Church, and I started going to this Restoration Church where the prophets came through. And I received a personal prophecy from them, and he activated me in the prophet. I started giving congregational prophecies in 1952. That might have been before you was born, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> And uh, then I started going to this new church over there. There was a restoration church, and I started prophesying more. Then I went to Bible College in Portland, Oregon in 1953, and I received prophetic prosperity there from the staff and uh, Major Word. And they prophesied everything that a prophet is to be and do, but they didn't have faith to call anybody a prophet or apostle back in those days. And because most of the church, 95% of the church world didn't believe there were modern-day apostles and prophets. And then I started pastoring after that and for six years. And then I taught in the Bible college five years while there. I prophesied to a lot of the students and individuals. But in 1973, I had a divine visitation where I was in Sacramento, California. I'd been traveling and I stopped there unexpectedly. And this young man that I taught four years in Bible college was there preaching a revival. And he said, uh, oh, Brother Bill, I'm so glad you're here. I told these people that God wanted to speak to them, but I don't prophesy. You're the only one I know that prophesies, and here you are. Would you Would you prophesy over a few people tonight so I don't look like a false prophet or false one? And I said, well, sure. So after he got through preaching, we had me up, and I called out about 15 or 20, prophesied over him, gave him a word of the Lord. And that was the most I'd ever seen prophesied to in, in my lifetime. It's prophetic prosperity because we'd have three or four people prophesy over one person, and each one prophesied five or ten minutes. And so you only got about 25 or 30 people in a whole prophetic prosperity. But anyhow, there's 85 people there that night. And I said, okay, everybody just line up, and, and we'll have a blessing line. And I was on the front there, and I laid my hands on the first one. And all this revelation came of what they were going through, their calling, things happening in their life, about 15 points. And then like a volcano began to boil up in me. And I said, down, boy, down, boy, you had your quota. And uh, the next one came through, it was just the same. But the third one felt like my volcano was going to erupt in the flash of the revelation. So finally, I pushed that one through. And I said, Lord, I'm not trying to believe for this or make it happen. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to just prophesy over everyone that you give me a word for? And he spoke to him, my Oklahoma lingo, and he said, yeah, boy, let her rip. And so the next one that came through, I just laid hands on him, and prophecy started flowing. And everyone I laid hands on, prophecy flowed. And at 2.30 in the morning, I finished with the 85th person. And then the three that I pushed on through got the end of the line, come through and got their prophecy too. So that was, I thought that was a divine visitation. I'm a church historian. I wrote the book in and the eternal church about the history of the church. I've never read or heard of anybody ever doing that before. But when I got back home, I went through my notes and things, and I saw where a young prophet I trained prophesied to me, says, Go Hammond, in three months, the power of God is going to flow through you and out through you, and you have to go over one day to the next. Well, this went from midnight until 2 30 next morning. Well, and so, and that was exactly three months. It was less than three months. This happened. Then two, three weeks later, I was in, sir, in the Susquehanna Valley in Pennsylvania. 150 people came together, wanted me to teach them on the restoration of the church. I did for about an hour. And then I started praying for people and prophecy started flowing. And at three o'clock in the morning, I finished with the 150th person. Thereafter, everywhere I went, 
every church I went to, most of them was under 300. And I would pop over everybody there within two nights or so. And then, then that was in 73, between 73 and 93. I prophesied over 50,000 people in the nations around the world, from kings to babies in arms, et cetera. And, um, and then I quit counting, but I prophesied before you because I trained so many people to prophesy that I don't have to do all the prophesying anymore. And so we've trained over, uh, well, it was 250,000 a few years ago, from, but now it's over 500,000 around the world on every continent. And pastors and leaders are teaching, training, and equipping people in the prophetic. So that's the way I got started. We're continuing on. And now I'm doing the army of the Lord and leading people in warfare to have far learn how to turn down stronghold. But God told me way back in 83, he says, I'm going to raise up a company of prophets. I'm going to make you like Samuel. And you're to raise up schools or company of prophets and prepare the way and make ready people for the coming of the Lord. And that was the first time I heard anything like that from the Lord. And so in 88, the prophetic movement was birthed because it, an old prophet, he was 64 and I was 48 at that time, but he was old then. Now he's young because I'm 85, so he's young. But besides that, did his funeral here while back, so I know he's really young. And um, so, uh, you know, we we uh, had this prophetic conference and he prophesied to me. He said, in five years, there's going to be a move of God take place at your conference that's going to go around the world. Well, that was in 1984. And four years later, in 1988, the prophetic moon was birthed at a conference on October the 15th, uh, 1988, on a Wednesday night. I preached on the company of prophets that night. And after I got through, the spirit of intercession hit me and I fell to my knees, started interceding in prayer, prevailing in prayer. And then I got caught up in the spirit. And as I caught up in the spirit, God showed me, he said, hand me this baby. He said, will you help me raise this baby? I am birthing the prophetic tonight. And I want you to help me raise it to maturity and make sure it stays according to my word and my will and my way. I want you to raise up the great company of prophets and around the world. And he said there'll be thousands of the North American continent and thousands and thousands around the world. So we started teaching, training, equipping people in the prophetic in 1983 and have been continuing on and on and trained them around the world. So that's kind of the start of things. I love that. And, and Elizabeth, how are you called into the prophetic ministry? Well, his was a little bit different than mine. So I actually thought I would just be, I was studying actually to be a meteorologist, right? Jared, kind of crazy, huh? I love weather. So um, <laughs> I actually went to this meeting, uh, maybe it was 20 something years ago. I went to a meeting and Jean Hammond was speaking, right? So I'm in this meeting and all of a sudden she's speaking and I was like, there was something that happened and I was like, whatever she has, that's what I want to do. And I, I don't know, it was something like came out and like, like, I know it's kind of weird. It's so different than Bishop's story, but like something came and just hit me on the inside. And I think that was probably God imparting something to me during that time, because I had not found anything that I was starting to be a meteorologist. I definitely wasn't going to go into ministry as we saw it back then. But then um, there was another time I was uh, in uh, a church in Pensacola and um, we had uh, a, a guest visit right and so as he came he's a prophet he comes all of a sudden the power of god breaks out in our service and it's ray hughes i, I know you probably know who ray hughes is so he comes the power of god breaks out in the service all of a sudden i'm standing there just receiving from the lord because the glory got so strong and this i feel like this cloak comes and just sits on me now you have to understand at that time i had no like understanding a cloak come and sit on you <laughs> and the so I feel like those were two probably significant times. God didn't say, hey, you're a prophet. You know, I'd gotten words about, you know, Jeremiah out of that, like a lot of prophets get. Um, but I didn't know at the time because then I was in the middle of revival and we didn't necessarily, I'm not saying we didn't talk about the prophetic, but we didn't necessarily emphasize the prophet. You know, we were revivalists, you know. And so um, when I did get saved, to that, I'm saying when God called me into like ministry, ministry out of the being a meteorologist, I actually um, I thought I would be a missionary to Argentina. 
So then I ran into Jean Hammond again, which we have this long story of every time I go to significant change, I would run into her. Even though she didn't know who I was, I knew who she was. And um, she ended up prophesying. She said, what you're about to do is an Ishmael. Um, you need to, in this amount of months, God's going to show you what you're called to. And so I ended up working for a prophet at that time. And I, it was like this, this, I felt like mine was a timeline of God calling me, even though in his heart, he knew what he would called me to be. And so that's just kind of a little bit different. I think Bishop's is a little more defined than mine. Mine was more of a little bit of, you talk about adventures and prophecy. Mine was a little more of a, you know, a building up an adventure for me. So that's really my calling in that. Um, my calling as a, in the company of prophets is a little different. D did you want to wait on that or talk about that right now? No, actually, I'd love to because Bishop... Yeah. Bishop's book, Prophets and Personal Prophecy, was dedicated to the company of prophets that God is raising up in these last days. So, yes, please, let's let's talk about the company of prophets. Well, with the company of prophets, I was I was excited the first time I talked to her because I thought here, 30 years later, this girl's coming up with the company of prophets, hadn't read my book, didn't know anything about it, but she's talking about the company of I said, good Lord, you're raising up a new generation that's Want to carry this on? Yeah, I love that. And you know, to me, it's such a privilege to be able to stand on Bishop Hammond's story. First of all, it's not just all the books and the things he's written. Um, also, he's paid a price, and people always have to remember to like to when you stand on people's shoulder, respect them, honor them, honor what they've done, and the storms and the price they've paid for what you have. Um, like we were talking, Bishop and I were talking today. I was like. Uh, we don't have to be embarrassed to be called prophets. But back then he had to defend and show theology and biblical standings for why the why you can be called a prophet as much as you can be called a pastor. Right. But we don't have to have that battle. He paid that price for us. How could we not like respect? So with this, it's kind of neat. I was reading um, I was reading Elijah and Elisha kind of like my life. Like I just I'm actually writing a book right now on Elijah and Elisha. But one of the things I was reading in there, um, I would always reread like Kings, Second Kings and all the stories about Elijah and Elisha. And I was reading Second Kings six, just like anybody would read the Bible every day. And out of the page jumps the word company of prophets. And I'm like, what's company of prophets? Now, I've been around prophets. I'd never heard people talk about a company of prophets. And I definitely didn't know what it meant. So like, I'm like, off the page jumps a company of prophets. And so um, I started researching. I'm like, what's a company of prophets? I started to call my friends that were prophets. There were, you know, probably people you guys would know of. And they were like, well, we don't know any real companies of prophets out there. They may have mentioned like certain people were doing certain things. And so I just went on this journey of searching what is a company of prophets look like you know what's actually the biblical model that is you know that we could work off of and one thing i knew for sure because one of the things we were used in um before was we god was using us to really help heal generations so i go i have to take this heart of like generations running together um into what i'm doing because any healthy movement uh, anything that's going to be healthy has mothers and fathers attached to it. And so in the company of prophets, if you are building, you're watching this, you're building a company of prophets wherever you're at in the world, make sure you attach mothers and fathers to it. People to have your back, to have oversight over you. And that's one of the things I loved about Bishop Hammond building the company of prophets is that when he comes in there, he told me this. And I'm telling you, like, we, I went in and, well, I'll tell our story. So we kind of yes. went, I went to meet with Bishop because I remember sitting down talking to people and they look like deer in headlights when I would talk to them about like my passion for the company of prophets. And like, first of all, you don't want to judge people for not understanding you. And I would never do that, but I needed to find somebody that like got what I was saying because I didn't even know what I was saying. I needed somebody to kind of help me pioneer something because as a pioneer you don't know what you're doing all you're doing is being led by the holy spirit so at first of all i've gotten this word from lance wall now and he had he had given me this word because i not that i was confused in my calling i just didn't know how to walk it fully out and he said the what god is going to use you you don't know what you're what god's led you into but he's going to lead you by the intuition of the spirit by the word of god he's going to lead you into building what he's called you now he didn't know what i was building that was it was just such a beautiful like piece that came to my heart when he gave me that word. And then after that, I went and met with Bishop Hammond and it was like, he could finish my sentences for me. I can't explain it to anyone. I was like, you love that? Yeah. I was like, 
somebody got me like they got what I was saying. They, they, they actually could give me kind of language. And not only that, but I love about Bishop. He became like a dad in my life because he, I would say Bishop, there's a lot of warfare attached to pioneering and building this. And like, who would know that other than Bishop, right? So there's a lot of, so he was like, Elizabeth, I have your back. I'll protect you all. You keep walking forward. And if I need to, if I need to pull you in and I need to talk about anything that I see, I'll do that. And I was like, that's real love. And that's, this is what he's saying. Like God put it in his heart to raise up and reproduce, you know, reproduce other right and in the middle of them a good father guides and so i not only that i felt protection but i felt like i could run as fast as god was requiring me to run because i didn't want to run that fast um and he was requiring of me to run and so with that we are building the company of prophets and here here's what i love about it god's speaking this message to so many people around the world and we need people that are pure in heart we need people that are running for the lord and just hearing what he's saying i try to build their platform but build what is on god's heart and the yes. new thing is when i was talking to bishop it was like i was like bishop you know it doesn't make sense for me you, like i think there are so many amazing young prophets that could have you know, started international young prophets. I felt like there, I became part of a timeline and I kind of came up as part of a timeline. And so it's like, I have to get a quick work done on the inside to really carry this. And so, um, so I've dedicated my life to it. It's my passion, you know, Jared, we talked a little bit about this. So I've given my life to this. And so I feel like I'm one of like many, cause there's so many people who've got a people that bishops raised up, one of many that can be able to stand on his shoulder and the price he's paid to continue the work of God, because this is all about the kingdom and building God's kingdom. So that's really my passion. Um, we're going to see it in our day. We're going to see this yes. stuff done. You know, yes, and people, I'm excited. A lot of people, yes, sir. A lot of people wonder, what do you mean by company of prophets? Well, you know, right. you know, the Lord said I'd be a Samuel prophet. He was the one that started the school of prophets or company of prophets. And and we we've got it means that it's prophets that are related together. They're under proper covering, under proper mentorship or fatherhood. And and, my, and Samuel was a father to all these company of prophets. Had schools of prophets. You remember uh, the, the guy that during uh, the famine of Elijah, he hid fifty and a hundred in a cave. You know, so they were in fifties and hundreds. Sound like, but what I realized is that you know. A young man I prophesied to in South uh, South Africa back in 1982 by the name of Kim Clement, you know, and uh, prophesied to him that he'd be a prophet. And his pastor was trying to make him a pastor, and he's no, I'm a prophet. So they said, well, Bishop Hammond's coming. He's a prophet. And if he prophesies to you, you're a pastor, you'll be a pastor. Said, yeah. If he prophesies to you, you'll be a prophet, you'll be a prophet. Yeah. Because I know I'm a prophet, and that's what he's going to prophesy. If he prophesies, if he's a true prophet, you know. And so when I came, I got there late, about the middle of the service. A young man was over playing the piano and singing. When he started to leave, I said, "Young man, wait a minute, I got a word for you." And I prophesied to him. He's called to be a prophet to the nations and be a prophet. And he'd move in supernatural words of knowledge and words of wisdom and be used of God mightily. And then when he came to the United States, his his pastor wanted him to be related to us, kind of. But he thought we was the old ladder rain group that only moved in prophetic presbytery, and he didn't want to be limited and bound to that. So he went on his own. But, you know, I, I've realized i got to let some people find their own way and do their own thing because Elijah and Elisha, I don't know where they was a part of the company of prophets, but they were out there, and um, the company of prophets knew of them, and they probably were related because he was with them trying to build a house for them and all of that. But, um, you know, you got to give a certain amount of people freedom because he wouldn't get pressing into the prophetic until he began like William Branham was back in the 50s. And he could really discern things and get outstanding words of knowledge and wisdom. But God's getting ready to raise up a whole generation of prophets that got that anointing and grilled to see and be and do like never before. But, but it's good to have prophets that know one another, relate to one another, understand one another. It's, I have always said the worst place you want to be is a lone ranger yeah. in this day and hour. Right. You need to be related to somebody that's got wisdom and years of experience that can help you guide you through things. And when you go into persecution or falsely accused or you miss it, somebody that is going to love you and understand you and restore you and yeah. get you back on the path again. But there is a couple well, kind of what I think of when a company of prophets, 
as a worldwide group that's been raised up. But now we feel like what's coming on the world, what's about to happen. We need to know each other. We need to relate. And we need to know who we can trust, not only by the spirit, but by proof of ministry and experience. I know during this shutdown time, I've been on Zoom with so many and probably about 100 prophets from around the world that I've been on Zoom with. And that's good. It's getting us to know each other, relate to each other, because I don't look just how good a man can prophesy, but I want to see how good he lives, his character. So I get the 10 M's lining up there. And, and so it, it is exciting. I was excited to see this young lady come with the vision here 30 years later and got powered up and fired up to go. And now I'm, she's getting out there. And I said, okay, go for it. We're running with you. And as long as you do it right, if you don't do it right, we'll straighten you out and line you <laughs> I love that. You know, Jared, it shows the love and that's what generations it's like to be able like I know Bishop Hammond loves me because he's willing to correct me. If he just let me go, not that I need correcting much, Bishop, but no, I'm just <laughs> but right. but it just to like really you you there's a security that's found because you know someone my age can encourage me, but people older than me can strengthen me. And so yes. in that time with the company, one of the things that I, I typically say is out of the five-fold ministry, even though we all need each other, um, the, the prophet is probably the only one that they can have their individual assignment. But the, the the prophet, the highest calling of a prophet is be part of a company of prophets. And so yes. I actually just wrote an article on this. And so with it, um, what assignments? The Lord actually showed me that there were assignments that were being missed because he gives individuals individual assignments, but he gives the company of prophets company of prophets assignments so when the company of prophets are not in place assignments are being missed and the lord actually spoke to me and said there are assignments that i wanted to give the company of prophets but they weren't in their place and so for me my my desire and i feel probably the rest of my life i'm going to be given to the um to coming together to the company of prophets and it's like when bishop was sharing me he, he would tell me he said elizabeth you're telling me stuff i've preached for decades and i didn't and i didn't know his material at the time and so i feel like it's god's like heart first of all to bless bishop for paying the price that he's going to raise up and fulfill some of the vision that he's desired in his heart but it's also god's vision god vision that was placed in him that's now being passed down and so now it's not just Bishop, but he's raised up so many other like young leaders um, that are able to carry it on. And his books are, you know, in so many languages and trained so much by one person's obedience. And so in the middle of that, I feel like with this next level in the new era the church has walked into, we are going to see massively amounts of company profits you know um i've been on like you know i've been on zooms with people we're about to be on one with a whole group in the philippines that's being raised up um you know it's like i just I was on with one in um i'm about to be on with some people in vancouver i was just on school of profits in washington state you know it's like it's just like all these company of profits are being raised up these school of profits um are being raised up to really nurture and bring people into that and my my big heart bishop is created all this material it does not need to be recreated our concern is really caring for the heart of the prophet and so for me yes. if your heart is correct and your heart that's the thing about the 10 m's it's always positioning yourself to be to walk in truth and so with our hearts being correct and our hearts being postured towards god and humble and with integrity and holiness and all these things that god can use us to change the world as as the company of prophets you're talking about the 10 m's I sent a team to a foreign nation one time and about six brothers and a couple of sisters. And uh, this one man had a, a heat in anointing and pretty good word, uh, but he was obnoxious, rude, crude, ill-mannered. His, his manners were horrible. And and the, and the host had to follow him up, apologizing to people for the way he treated them. But when he got back and we talked to him about it, and he said, well, that's just the way I am. I, I tell it the way it is. I'm, I speak. I said, that's not you. That's your flesh. And that is not God. I tell all my prophets, they have to be ladies and gentlemen. Being a prophet doesn't give you a right to be odd, obnoxious, crude, rude, ill-mannered, harsh, judgmental. I said, that doesn't give you a right to be that. And we talked to him several times, the, the, my city, my CI council of people. And he wouldn't He wouldn't change. He's going to be. I said, I don't care if you got you can prophesy uh, houses of fire, kill the sick, cast them down, and raise the dead. But that, that one M is, is enough for us to have to let you go. 
So we dismissed him from being a CI minister. He didn't care our spirit, our attitude, because I look at a man's spirit and attitude as much as his performance. Because I know gifts do not operate off a of perfect doctrine or perfect character. They all operate off of the spirit and faith, plus nothing else. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. I love that. So I, Elizabeth came through when I first met her here in the Virginia Beach area and, and she established a company of prophets with an apostolic oversight and it's an honor for that. But I was wondering what, how do you start and activate companies of prophets? I'll let you go with that, Bishop. Well, I never thought of it. Uh, well, I was called to raise up a company of prophets. I started, forced to wrote the book on prophets and personal prophecy. And Great then book. when then when the prophetic movement was birthed, I wrote the book on prophets. And this is really gives justification for prophets, that there are prophets. You, you see, if, if you weren't back in my day, people didn't believe in prophets. And they didn't believe a prophet and could do anything but prophesy. He couldn't right. be in administration. He couldn't be over anything. And uh, in fact, they thought he, he, he had a mouth but no brain. You know, <laughs> he was just a mouth. And so they didn't believe he could be a, an administration. Uh, they wouldn't even let me grant an honorary doctorate uh, to one of the uh, top men in their organization because I was a prophet and a prophet couldn't be head of a Bible college as I was at a university. And uh, there, this is a horrible attitude toward prophets. So what I do and I show that David was a prophet. He's pastor over three million. Moses was a prophet. He led three million people out of Kevin. And, and Daniel was a prophet and he was in uh, a top administration of 120 nations. And on and on. So I had to show justification, biblical reality, that prophets are valid and they're real and they can be anything God wants them to be. And they can be in any position. You know? And only, only two of the prophets was raised in the church or in the temple. The rest of them were farmers and, and you know, different different professions. Most of them were outside the, of the local church. But then after that, we started training people in the prophetic. And we found out that saints sometimes can be like a bowl of cereal, a lot of nuts and flakes in it. And <laughs> so we, I had to write the book on, we started training people and we found out people can get pretty weird and wacky when you start training them in the prophetic. So I wrote yes. principles to avoid and principles to practice. And we wrote a lot of guidelines. About that time, um, Chris wrote in a magazine article and said, there needs to be more, be more teaching and training on the prophet and, and, and the corrections. And I saw, I sent him this book. I said, I've written a whole book on it. You just haven't read it yet. But uh, we got, we were very disciplinary and very protocol on it. And then when the apostles came out, I wrote the book on apostles, prophets, and the coming moves of God. And uh, because, you know, being a historian, church historian, I knew every move of God. If they didn't write material on it right away, it went into weirdness. Like the latter rain movement, and it was birthed in 1948, but not one book was written on the movement. Wow. And so in 15 years, it just went into all kind of weird doctrines. And there was a, there was just a handful of brethren on the West Coast, on the bridge of uh, and all that West Coast brethren that kept a middle of the road, balanced teaching on the truths that came through the latter rain movement. And I, my most completeness is in my book on the eternal church. I had to go back and I wrote that full chapter on all the doctrines, truths, and ministries that came with the latter rain movement back in 48. But, but there weren't any books written. I said, okay, immediately what I got to do is start writing a book. So I started writing a book in 83 on prophets and personal prophecy. And then it was produced in 86, printed. So I've been printing with Destiny Image since 86. Yeah. And, still, and it's, still, it's, it's still going. I had to update it. This here is a revised version, updated it. There's a lot of testimonies in it. You've read this book, right? I, I have it. I have it here. Oh, you were a Mr. Rapture. Yeah. <laughs> but those gobs of testimonies in here of how the prophetic worked for people. You know, I yes. give you one example. I used to go to West Palm Beach. I had a CI Extension College there. And every time I'd go, I'd promise all the people. And usually it's after midnight or so before I get through. Well, I, I was, I've been there four times. And this couple came to me and said he was a judge and she was a nurse. And they said, we have, you have prophesied to us three times each time you've been here, and each time you talk about us having babies. And I, I, I've got all that etymetriosis and something else and something else and something else. The doctor says it's impossible for me to get pregnant. And my husband's got a you know, low sperm cell, and, and we, we just can't get pregnant. And um, she said, maybe, and we went over the prophecies. And I said, okay, do you have the prophecies? I already required people to write them out. 
we went over the prophecy that afternoon, and in the prophecy it said you would be able to, you would have a child. I said, well, that could be, they said, well, could that be adoption? Maybe I said, well, maybe it could be adoption. Didn't say you'd have to conceive and birth a child. So we so we decided that through maybe adoption was what God was really talking about. So that night, after I preached, I started prophesying. Well, I started prophesying about nine o'clock, about 1230 at night, after I prophesied for three hours, this couple comes through. I don't even think about them. I wasn't even looking at them. I just lay hands on them and start prophesying. And I started prophesying. And in the prophecy it says, and you shall conceive and birth and bring forth the baby. Well, wow. I just I just ruined four hours of counseling. <laughs> so that was in February and in uh, December that year, they had a beautiful young girl. Then a year later, or so they had a beautiful young boy. But then it's amazing morning of the struggle she went through with prophecy. Prophecy can become real burdensome because you want to fulfill and become. And, uh, you know, I, I could tell several testimonies on that. But it, it, it's a challenge. God always speaks about what things are impossible for the present. And impossible. Yes. I remember one time in 72, uh, three prophets came through, which was unusual. We didn't have any of these old big tape recorders then. And um, each time they prophesied, one word, one paragraph was, you're going to go to Africa, Asia. You're going to travel throughout the world. I see you standing on this platform, all these black and brown faces out there, on and on. Well, we were going through the moment crisis of our life. We needed a miracle yesterday because just financially, socially, ministry, everything. It was just one of those where you're trying to reach up and find the bottom. You know, you've probably been there recently once in your life. <laughs> and and, uh, and after the third one came through, I told my wife, I said, that's wonderful. But, you know, God's talking about all this travel. I've never traveled. On, I'd never traveled on a commercial airline at that time. And I had three years. I'd not been out of the country, out of, out of San Antonio, Texas, where we live. I was having, I had to, I'd been released from the Bible college where I was teaching for five years. I was working for a secular company and I was going through a horror building, Christian National Undergraduate and Graduate College. And at the same time, it was just a horrible time. And I told my wife, I said, don't, doesn't God know there's not going to be a tomorrow if he doesn't work a miracle today? And I was saying, why does he keep talking about this? And I can't even get out of town. There's no fly the world. But thank God I have traveled to 70 nations. And I've been on platforms preaching, prophesying. And Philippines was there when, uh, uh, when we had that big group of 2 million people there. We prophesied to and to both presidents right. on the platform and, and the most of government people. And all these prophecies came to pass, but oh, the in, the in between, and, and some, and, you know, and that's the reason people need to understand personal prophecy. And it, it, it's, it's partial, it's progressive, and it, it, it's 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 also uh, determined by whether we obey and right. it's it's conditions of what we're looking for. So that's the reason I wrote all these books because if you don't understand prophecy. Being a prophet challenging enough, but to receive prophecy. And I, God called me to be prophetic and uh, to reproduce the prophetic people. And if you don't understand prophecy, I mean, I went through it. If I hadn't preached the prophecy, if I hadn't preached that prophecy, I'd have given up on it because I went through things that prophecy seemed so ridiculous. Right. Never is going to happen. And I'm, right. I'm so used to our prophecies of things that you're yet to be done that doesn't sound, know how you're going to do it and how you'll be it. She's got prophecies right now. She has no idea. How it's ever going to come to pass and be fun. And I still get prophecy at 85 years old. Yeah. There's still prophecy. Yeah. But I've got the anointing of Caleb. So I'm saying, give me <laughs> yeah, my mouth. I love it. I'm going to take possession and I'm going to preach to them 95 and decide whether I go on or go up. But I'm going to keep on going. I want to I read old westerns when I go on a vacation. And I want to go out blazing guns with my boots <laughs> on. Amen. Amen. So, Elizabeth, how is it that you uh, activate and get companies of prophets established? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I do is I actually listen to to the Lord to kind of hear what areas because we we have so many different ones set up in the USA based on regions. We have um, Canada, one in Vancouver, um, where we're still planting the one in Toronto, um, and then we're we we have some we're working in Central America and South America. Um, so we're, we're reaching into different nations now as part of a prophetic word, actually it was given that we would start expanding into nations. So when I go to build, I always try to find somebody that has the mix of the prophetic that would understand how the prophet un 
goes on the inside, like how they operate. But I also want somebody apostolic because I need somebody that can help me build like what we're trying to build because they have to keep within um, the context of what we're doing. And a lot of the stuff is we just send people to these books, you know, we build because Bishop's already built that. So I don't need to build that part. What we need to do is be the gatherer. Right. So in that, what we do is like, say the, the part we have with you guys there in um, the Hampton roads, we have the Hampton roads prophets, young prophets, but um, is that we wanted to take your gifting mix and what God's called you to, but also attach that to your gift the, in the prophetic. So we talk about how do you transform a region um, with your gifting together. So what I, and I know you were there the day I was there training and talking about this. And you guys have met since and prayed over that region and tried to do it as a company of prophets, but really talk about what is your role when you're transforming city and how do you serve your region? Because prophets are servants, right? So you're, you're there to serve your region, to serve the mayor, to serve different leaders in government, um, to really infiltrate the area you're there as a prophet. And so um, we teach a lot of that. I know, you, you know, we talked a lot about there, but also one of the things is I want, I intentionally put all those people in the room because I want to teach them how to be a company of prophets. Most prophets know how to be individual. They don't know how to be in a group. And so what we teach is love and honor as our core values, because if you can love and honor people in their gifting, um, when the iron sharpens iron and which company of prophets get together, that there's not some iron going because you have these like strong personalities and you have to somehow say, Hey, let me, let me kind of like allow you to be you, but also through love and honor um, uh, to really hear what you're saying, because you, you're going to bring a piece to the table that I can't bring. So everybody, we have a corner on truth, right? So everybody brings their piece. And so you have this whole big picture. And so with that, it's been very effective model for us to use on, on training and building the company of profits. And what they do is actually lay down their lives for each other. And so with that, um, I believe that God is going to raise up even at a greater level because it's on his heart. He's just looking for people to say yes and say, hey, I want to be part of this. And so with that, um, you know, even though you need to be excellent in your gift, I believe that every prophet should be excellent and sharp in their gift. But you need to be able to stay in your in there with a character. The bishops talked about the 10 M's, those things. Yes. Because what you're going to do is going to be a shooting star and you're not going to last very long. I want you to be a prophet from the womb to the tomb and not have controversy around your name. Now, don't get me wrong. We all go through stuff who hasn't been accused. It's part of the making of the prophet, right? <laughs> um, to really withstand that. But but also to be able to go to your t tomb and say, hey, you're going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so with that, I, I want prophets to be in the room and take off their agendas, take off, you know, whatever they're doing and say, Hey God, what is my part in this building of the company of prophets? And so that's really my heart. When I go in an area, I actually try to hear God first. Then we, we try to get somebody that can really steer and be respected by the other prophets. So one thing that made me be willing to work with this young lady <laughs> was, you know, I worked with Peter Wagner for quite a few years, starting an international coalition of apostles and that would, and that, that John Kelly is running now. But we worked with him. The one thing about Peter Wagner had a convener anointing. He just had a way of drawing people together. He wasn't the greatest preacher. He wasn't the greatest theologian, uh, although he was a theologian in his college days and in his university teaching. But he, but people, he could convene people together to bring out the best in everybody and get to know each other, relate together. And I noticed she had that convener anointing up on her. She wasn't the greatest prophet in the world or apostle or well thank you, Bishop. <laughs> love it. I have to keep her on the line. <laughs> we love the transparency. It's great. I love it. I'm just <laughs> but 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 she had a heart to want to see the prophets come together and work. And I and I, I could tell uh, I had to dig a little bit and make sure it wasn't self aggrandizement, trying to uh, be ahead of something or be some big big shot. I tried to tell my wife one time I was a big shot. She's yeah, you're big and you're shot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but she just has a vision anointing. If you got an anointing for something and a vision for it and, and that ability, you can a dozen other people try the same thing, it wouldn't work. But just somehow or another, and I don't know why, but they get attracted to her vision or knowing what she wants to do. So uh, God chooses who he will. 
And so I don't feel jealous or resentful or thought she's coming to hinder anything I'm doing, but or my vision, but she has the same spirit. And that's my whole passion to help everybody fulfill their ministry. I had some young people ask me one time, kind of uh, discourteously, he said, What's your vision? And so I thought for a moment about the scripture and Barbara says, Answer a fool like a fool, lest he wise his own conceit. They said, What's your vision, Bishop? I said, Hmm, my wife and ice cream. <laughs> now my wife is just ice cream. Just, <laughs> but uh, but if you got a vision for something and God's called you to it, you got to do it, you know, and you can do it. And so that's, that's what we try to find out. What's your passion? What's your anointing? What's your vision? Or you're trying to be something you're not called to be. You're never going to be successful. And when I first started pastoring at 19 years old, for six years, I'd see Oral Roberts on television and others, and I'd think, oh, God, I'm doing nothing. And after about six years of being frustrated and disgusted being a pastor, God said, why don't you decide and find out who you are? Once you find out who you are, what you're called to be and do, you'll be so busy you don't have time to compare yourself with others. You know, Paul said they didn't compare themselves with others, not too smart. And so I wasn't being too smart, so I finally quit comparing myself and judging my ministry by others and just find out who I am, what God's called me to be and do it. And then in 83, when he gave me that full call and commission, I, I've been a pastor six years, taught in the Bible college five years, built Christian National undergraduate graduate college with 9,000 students around the world and several extension colleges from the Philippines to different nations. But I did, but I was just doing the ministry. But it wasn't until 83 when God said, uh, the first, when I, my first prophetic press work out, the first word they said, I've called you my Jeremiah. You called you like my servant Jeremiah. And I'm glad he didn't say I'd have his ministry. But that boy, he probably, nobody ever listened to anything he prophesied. They just kept persecuting him. I said, Lord, not that part, the part of vision, inside, but to Jeremiah. And, uh, but then he said, I'm going to use you like, uh, like um, um, Samuel to raise up prophets in the company of prophets. That's when I had that vision on. Then for the first time in my life, I tell people my first 30 years of ministry was preparation for the next 30 plus. And I have to say 30 plus because I'm in my 67th year of ministry now. Amen. Um, I know we're, we're running out of a little bit of time. So I'd, I'd like to do two different things here real quick. Uh, I'd like you both to share what you believe God is saying about this season and the next. And then we'll do an activation. So uh, you you could say what God is telling you about this next season, what we can expect. And then uh, after that, so a, a two minutes a piece or so, and then we'll do an activation. Oh, okay. So for me, we're talking about the company of prophets. I really feel like and we're trying to put so many practical things to making this happen for the company of prophets, which this is where, where I'm moving forward in is, um, I feel like God is going to have teams. So we have a prototype team that we're going to start building up that has maybe their strength is like um, business. Maybe one is like education. One is uh, whatever the strength is these prophets are. That God's going to have teams that actually could go in and meet with presidents of nations that could actually take their, like maybe say the ministry of finance, that person has an anointing to really help them in that. And so what we do is not just prophesy to the president, but we also can help equip their nation with biblical standards, you know, bring it into their, maybe not using a different language, a language they would understand and bringing that into that and then to help them transform nations. Because I think the prophets, there's a different level, the prophets that God's anointed us for the season, um, not just to prophesy, but actually to bring solutions to nations that we're going to come in and do that and really walk beside people to have the transformation of nations to come into me. So that's really where I feel the company of prophets and which I put myself into that. I know Bishop's part of, I mean, you've been doing that for so long, really being um, speaking into presidents and different, you know, different uh, leaders lives for so long. But I feel like there's this different level, the maturity has come to what you've been teaching. And so God's taken it to a different level. We need all hands on deck for this level. Amen. Yeah, we have the, we, for years, I had the Christian Business Network. Now we're calling it culture. What do we call it? What? Christian culture. Culture of influence. Culture of influence, gotcha. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> My the head of that is Gail uh, Sheehan. That's Heather's dad here. He still claims. I mean, she still claims. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
And we, we are teaching and training people in the business world to be prophetic. I believe the Bible says you may all prophesy one by one. So when I started activations, well, before I called it activation, I kept quoting the scripture in 2 Timothy 1 6. Paul told Timothy, You, you, Timothy, stir up, you stir up the gift of God, which is within you. And so I got tired of quoting that. So I got coined the word activate, which means by faith, act on what you know you have and are supposed to be able to do. And so there's four steps in activation. One, know that it's biblical, because if you don't know something's biblical, you're not going to have faith as an honest Christian. You do it. Know that it's biblical and know the scripture. Two, believe in your heart. You got to believe in your heart that it's right, and, and, and then God can speak to you and speak to you. And then three, uh, you got to speak with your mouth. So once you feel you, have, you got a word, you got to speak it out. And so you have to have faith to speak it out. But I, there's a whole long teaching on all that. And fourth is take action. So I, my first one activation was a one-to-one sharing. I took uh, Hebrews 4.10. It says, as you receive the gift, even so minister the same one to another. One to, so I had them join hands, face each other, and pray. Because well, at first I had them just hold hands. They didn't know whether that worked for this one or worked for that one. So it said one-on-one. So we got one-on-one, and we pray, and we'd ask them to get a thought, and they would share it. Then after they pray in tongues for about a minute, and then I'd have them go silent and just kind of meditate on it and see what they had. It was an illustration, figure out how they are going to say it, and then they would share it. And then we would, then I would check them out. I say no. I would take a couple. I said no. Did you relate to what they said? Yes. When they said baby, what did you think? When he said you're going to have children, babies. Well, I well, I just had a miscarriage and, and I was feeling sad and I don't want to have any more children right now. I don't want to see. So I said, when you what word did you get when you gave them that? Well, I heard the word babies. Did you hear the word that they're going to have babies? No, I just heard baby. I said when you get a word, don't add to it or take from it. Just speak the word and let the Holy Ghost that person work it out. Because you rarely ever miss it on your in first impression of the word. But when you try to get not naturally figure out what it means or how to apply it, then that's where you miss it. And so we started teaching and training people like that and, and, and train them in to hear the voice of God and speak the voice of God. Now, I said we've trained over half a million people around the world, plus others have trained and trained and trained. And so um, that would be if you had someone to do that with, I don't know out there, but you don't have anybody there with you, do you? Uh, not me, but we could activate people online right now in prophecy. Well, I've been seeing the Holy Spirit do incredible things prophetically and even through the baptism of the Spirit and through healings through these broadcasts. Yeah. Let's do one on what I call prophetic journalism. Uh, well, I want them to pray in tongues for one minute, get them a piece of paper, write down and say, Thus saith the Lord to yourself. The Lord says, My daughter, my son, and see what the Lord says and write it out. And it's amazing. I've had hundreds and thousands do that. And I tell you, some people are pretty tough on them. So the Lord said to my daughter, you need to pray more, study the word, and you've got an attitude about this. They they, they get words of it. They wouldn't let me prophesy to them, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, we've had hundreds do it. And I'm, I've done it myself. And, uh, you know, I don't call prophesying to yourself. I don't believe in that much. But just learning to hear the voice of God. And people say, well, how do I know the voice of God? I said, here's what you do. Speak in tongues. And then talking to your neighbor in tongues. Do that back and forth to you kind of sense how you feel when you're speaking in tongues and how you feel when you're just talking out your native tongue. And then you can recognize when it's coming from the spirit and when it's coming from the head. When it comes from your spirit, you can trust it. When it comes from your head, it might be questionable. It might be natural knowledge. And so we have them do that. And um, I don't know if we... Um, um, uh, let's see. I tell you. I tell you what. There was a uh, Heather. Come over here and get her hand. Yeah. And uh, yes, come on. Come here. Here, Heather. <laughs> Both these girls are well trained in the prophetic. Okay. I don't know if you can see come them coming in here. All right. Now we're going to pray in tongues for about forty-five yep. seconds a minute, and then we're going to touch the seventh of God. And I want you to get a word for one of them. Jared. Jared. I want you to get a word for. One of these girls or both of them, whatever you said. And so I'm going to pray and release the prophetic anointing. I just release the prophetic anointing. We let God arise and let the Holy Spirit move. Now, Lord, we ask for your thoughts, your heart. Give us something to share with our fellow member that will bless them, encourage them, and enlighten them. And we release it now. Now, 
You've been praying and be praying down for a Okay. Uh, you got it now, Shirley. Okay. Now, what did you sense for this young lady? Heather, what did you finish for? I saw it, uh, Elizabeth, that you, God has given you a mantle to go to the nations. And that there's even been questions in your mind of how are the finances going to come together? And God, even as I've raised up teams in the United States and you've caused me to go to the nations, how is that all going to work together? But the Lord says, daughter, I've even gone ahead of, before you and I've gone ahead and prepared those teams. So don't worry about how it's going to happen. Just take one step after the other. And, uh, and Luke, just as I'm praying for you right now, I heard the Lord say, and don't worry about how and where you're going to land even in the housing, even where your home base and all that is going to be, don't worry about it. I send you out, know that I'm planting you and that you're going to have a home base. You're not going to be a wanderer. But as I'm even sending you, sending you out, you're going to be planted firmly when I'm putting those teams together. Wow. Wow. I actually felt like the Lord said that uh, you, there are things, I saw, first of all, the presence of God all over your life. And there was just a blessing that God has put on your life. But I felt like the things that, you have dreamed about it. You said, God, are these things actually going to come pass? And the Lord said, no, no, I put that in your heart because they are going to come to pass. You are going to see it with your own eyes. Amen. Amen. Why did you feel for these girls? Okay. So Heather, right? Yes. So I, I, as I was praying, actually, when we just began the, the praying, I, I heard a word called comfort, just comfort that the Holy Spirit is going to bring you into more comfort than more than you've ever known before. But as we we're praying in the spirit, I saw a gift box uh, and it was a gift. But as you unopen, as you open it up, so it's a white box with with gold trim around it, with a gold seal around it. And as you open that box up, even though it looks like a small package, you know, it, it was almost like yeah, it's just really small, but it the gift within it was big. And as, as you open it up, even now I'm seeing it's like a mantle, like a, a, a robe, a mantle that is being taken out of that box. And it's a huge mantle and, and it's emanating gold. It's emanating finance. It's, it's emanating and even comfort as well as this new mantle of this next step that you're taking. I, I'm even right now I'm hearing next dimension in the spirit and there's going to be this anointing of blessing of abundance on your life in the area of relationships, in the area of finance, in the area of, of even a, of ministry and uh, you're, you're being taken up into another level. And I'm going to take a step of faith here. You're going to begin to have more third heaven encounters, more times in the courts of the Lord with King Jesus. And those it, it's a preparation for another level. So you're, you're going to be stepping into the next dimension, the next level. And then soon and quickly, it's going to be a higher level than than. I mean, it's going to blow your socks off in Jesus' name. Man, I received that. Great. What'd you get for this young lady? Oh, well, to to concur to concur with Heather. Yes, you're stepping into something new. There's going to be more creativity, ingenuity, inventiveness uh, as you're kind of being stretched. It's like a rubber band. It's you know, you're, but it's going to be completely stretched further and further and further. And when it seems like it's it's time to like bounce back, um, it's not going to bounce back because it's going to be stepping into something new. It's 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 going to get wider and longer as you're being stretched and your creativity and these new ways of of income is, is coming to you. Um, even now you're, you're going to be having, you know, some other ideas of, you know, while you're sleeping, there's, it's, there's going to be this passive income coming in to finance the kingdom of God. Uh, there's going to be, you know, and, and I'm aware of some of the things that you've already done, but there's new things that you may not have even considered that will be downloaded. If not already, they're downloading and in the process of downloading to 
generate more for your ministry so that you could go anywhere and everywhere from everywhere to everywhere, you know, to anyone around the world. And, uh, you know, sure, there's going to be love offerings taken up, but at the same time, uh, you're, you're going to be able to finance yourself through those places. So it's a multiplication coming your way. Amen. I, I felt, uh, Jerry, that the Lord said that uh, about 20 years ago, you had a vision and a heart desire and tried to get something that never worked out, never came into full fruition. And you've wondered, Lord, did I miss it or did you just discard that? The Lord says, no, you're like Joshua. There, there were circumstances and people that caused it not to happen that time. It's like Joshua had to wait 40 years until all the old people died off and there were rebels. And then he went into the promised Canaan land. And the Lord says, all that I've spoken to you is yet to come to pass. You've had a friend of it. You've had seeds of it. But he said, your seeds are coming into an apple tree full of apples. And the fruit's going to be greater than ever before. And the family situation is being arranged by angels. And things are working out there in a way that you, you thought was impossible. But God said, watch me do the impossible. And the Lord said also, that open door that's coming that you've been looking for. But it's going to be a little different. I'm tweaking it just a little bit. Just like a carburetor, I'm getting the gas and, and the air mixed just right. And you're moving in the right dimension. The right people at the right place at the right time is coming together. And your vision you have to make all of this work and produce all of this is of me. And you've got the word and the will, but the way it's got to be worked out yet. So press on. Keep moving in that direction. Keep working. Keep creating ideas. Keep working toward it. And it'll come to pass soon. It'll get launched in 21. And in 22, it'll be formed and established. And it's going to take that. It's a big vision, a big purpose, a big destiny. But you're going to fulfill it, saith the Lord. I'm with you. Fear not. It's going to come to pass. So quote that word continue. Like I told Joshua, you will go and you will possess. And wherever you go, I will help you fulfill it. You, you passed the test. You went through three major tests that you could have quit, give up, and stop. But you pressed on through and started anew. And now God says, you passed the test. Now I'm going to give you the best. And I'm going to give you all that I promise you, saith the Lord. Amen. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm a. Here, as Bishop was speaking, I just see that the Lord's giving you a real father's heart and a father's heart, even of, for the youth of today, that you've seen even in your own city, even uh, some who've even been thrown to the side, but God's even drawn you even to those. And He's going to use some unique and creative ways of vision to show you how to even bring the youth of the city together. And I also saw that I know you, of course, do lives and things like that. But the Lord also has a studio for you. That there's been your yes. desire to even um, even work with some of the youth with music and recording and some different things of that nature. But God is going to give you even the facility to be able to do that. I love it. Yes. All mm -hmm. of this. Thank you, all of us. <laughs> Thank you. No, all of it. All of it. And uh, the. That's a lot to unpack. I'm going to email Elizabeth here and with my feedback as I meditate on this, if that's okay, Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the three tests, I know exactly what they are. The death of my brother in the year 2000, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Another test, um, a negative ministry situation. Uh, I was refined. And then also the other test, combat and being healed of PTSD. Um, and, and yes, 2020, 21, 22, I receive all of that. Um, and then, yeah, the studio, yes, all of it, all of it. So thank <laughs> you. Hey, Jared. See, bless the prophets, so do the prophets, reap the prophets reward. The word of the Lord will come to pass. Amen. Hey, what is the best way that people, if they have questions to establish companies of profits or get a hold of you if they need more information, what is the best way for them to get more information and also to establish companies of profits? Well, one of the things too, Jared, twice a year, they do training here. If people want a, a Christian international, they do training in January and September. And so if anyone would like to come and be trained and learn a lot of the principles that Bishop talked about are taught in both of these uh these modules, actually four modules, are taught in that. It would be great because they'll be activated. They just are soaked in it all day. And just to be in this atmosphere that's built here um, is so good for them. So they can go to Christian International and be able to find out when those dates are to come and be part of that. 
Um, and then also Bishop Christian International has your books and information about you on there, right? Amen. Yeah, for yeah, for me, um, you can go on uh, Instagram, Facebook for Elizabeth Time Fook or go to International Young Prophets. We are going to be opening a thing after I talked to Bishop. He really helped me get this model in. But we're going to starting, I think, maybe August 1st. Instead of being highly recommended in, you'll actually, even if we don't know you, you'll be able to fill out a form. And um, if you want to be part of this from anywhere in the world, be part of International Young Prophets and then have like a senior pastor or senior leader in your life fill out a form so it won't be a little we've had to turn a lot of people away because we, we had a model that was very good for grassroots but we were becoming more mature and so we built a bit a little bit of a model that bishop hammond gave me and so we're working that so by august 1st we'll definitely have that up and so people can start from anywhere in the nations can start um applying to be part of international and profit so you're Yes, yes. Married with four kids. Four amazing kids. One wife, four kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good, good. Well, I got three children, 11 grandchildren, 19 great-grandchildren. Awesome. I love it. That reproducer anointing is natural and spiritual. <laughs> oh, my, we steward and host an atmosphere of heaven here in this house. My kids... They hear God, they discern spirits, they, they have visions. It's amazing. It, and they've all were baptized with the Holy Spirit at the age of five and six, respectively. Guys, this was Adventures in Prophecy. It was an honor. I love how Bishop Bill Hammond and Elizabeth, how you honor one another and how you steward and begin companies of prophets, how you're relational. Uh, each and every one of us who are watching in now or later, you know, I want to encourage you go to Christian International's website, go to International Young Prophets website, buy the resources, the, the personal prophecy books, all the books that Bishop has. Yeah. It was an honor to have you on Adventures in Prophecy. Thank you so very much. And please, anyone watching, feel free to share this uh, and watch it now, watch it later and share it around the world because the it is important to understand the company of prophets. Amen. God bless you. Blessings. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. Experiences are what people love most about travel. With Viator, you can browse and book tours and activities so incredible you'll want to tell your friends. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Viator has experiences in over 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Viator lets you keep things flexible. Use Reserve Now and Pay Later to secure the activities you don't want to miss without being locked in. Whether you want to take a backstage tour of the Grand Old Opry, a Miami Bimini Bahamas day trip by ferry, or a private guided tour of the Grand Canyon, Viator is for you. Download the Viator app now and use Viator 10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.